0: a very good morning to you great to see you all here this morning uh, if you're new here or visiting you're very very welcome it's great to see you um if you are new or visiting we'd love to connect with you do um do grab uh, mike or someone who's on the uh, welcome desk um we'd love to just take your details if you're happy to give them to us but um we just want to connect you with the life of the church really so if you're new or visiting um do let us know come and say hello um if you were here back in October, uh, october November um, of last year, you may recall that we had five outstanding um, speakers leading us in a conversation around climate change and uh, the environment. Does that ring any bells? No, very good. Um, in the book of James, we love the book of James, um, but in the book of James, uh, we're, we're, encouraged, we're encouraged not to, to not just be hearers of the word, you know, but doers as well. He writes this in, um, in James chapter 1, verse uh, 20-something or other. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at their face in a mirror and after looking at themselves goes away and immediately forgets what they look like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Interestingly, for me anyway, he goes on a couple of verses later in what sounds like a refrain from the passage that we looked at last week from Isaiah 58 to say this in verse 27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And in what may perhaps be a reverse turn of phrase, this morning I wanted us to revisit uh, not so much the idea of us being polluted by the world, uh, more the reality of the world being polluted by us. Um, and as we focus our attention here uh, on Sunday mornings, at least on this whole Area of justice. We as a church want to be doing all that we can, uh, not just to pitch up here on a Sunday and hear an amazing uh, talk. Um, of course, that happens when we had our five visiting speakers in October. Uh, since then, it's just gone completely to pot. But um, in October, uh, and then go home and say to ourselves, you know, wow, that was amazing. That was great. It was freezing, but it was great. It was totally inspiring. Um, and then just because, you know, we're all very busy people and life goes on, we just forget about it all. Uh, we want to be a people who are not only hearing the word, you know, here on a Sunday and in our small groups and in our personal time with Jesus, uh, but also we want to be people who are doing everything that we can to to work and to weave the word of God of God into the very fabric of our lives so that we are a living incarnation of the word of God, or as James is effectively saying in verse 27, that we are a living incarnation of the kingdom of God. That's really what he's saying. And so just to keep the subject of climate change and the environment on our radars and in our hearts and minds this morning, I wanted to revisit uh, some of the things that were looked at in October and also just bring you up to speed with some of the things that we are trying to put in place in response to that conversation. So if you can cast your mind back, Ruth um, Koch, outstandingly, they were all outstanding, um, kick things off by asking us, what were some of the, she started off by saying, you know, what are some of the first things that spring to mind when uh, we say uh, climate change? And if you remember, uh, we didn't have the screen, then we had that tiny little sheet thing, and so um, all of the PowerPoint presentations were microscopic, and so you needed a like, microfiche to be able to read them. But um, things like words like um, extreme weather, she asked a few people in the church, and, and, and the words that came to mind for people were things like extreme weather and crisis, man made crisis, uh, saving the planet, um, feelings like uh, sadness or uh, panic. Um, overwhelmed, things like that were some of the words that came to mind and and Ruth helped us think through uh, how uh, over the past hundred years especially or so you know the this this broad maybe even in some quarters di- you know divisive subject is having a significant impact across the world, but mostly impacting those in and from developing countries who often don't have the infrastructure or means to adapt to these uh, dramatic and drastic and dire changes and and adjust their way of life accordingly. Uh, Again, uh, following on uh, from the recent series of talks that we've done on migration, in Ruth's talk, she was talking about the fact that how um, it's estimated that in 30 years' time, it's anticipated that more than one billion people will be displaced due to climate. And so if you cast your mind back to our talk here, Uh, on the book of Ruth, you know, Ruth and Naomi had to migrate because of drought and the suggestion is, you know, how does that feel if we overlay that biblical narrative from that ancient biblical story with the possibility that within 30 years, one in seven of us may become a climate refugee ourselves. Uh, we looked at Genesis one and two. looked at Luke chapter four. We looked at Matthew twenty-two, and we had these illustrations from the scriptures that, certainly from Genesis, you know, having been formed from the dust, we are inextricably linked to the earth. It's not separate from us. It's 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 in us. We are not apart from the wonder of creation. It's 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 in us. We're very much a part. And not only do we have the very dust of the earth, if you like, coursing through our veins, uh, we are also back from that Genesis narrative, very much bearers of the image of God. We're made in the image of God. And so we carry the image of God, not only in our hearts and our minds and our souls and our spirits, but also in our actions and in our deeds and in our behaviors. So the things that we do matter. And so as such we are to be a people of God's kingdom. We talk a lot in the vineyard about the kingdom of God and so we are to take as the vineyarders, followers of Jesus, the, the God-given call of God on our life to, to rule over the earth but to do that and to take that as a profound responsibility and duty of care rather than a, a kind of a misplaced right to do whatever we fancy. Alongside that, we looked at uh, Matthew 22, and we recognised, you know, that profound responsibility that we have as followers of Jesus to love our neighbours as ourselves, whether they live next door to us or whether they live in Mozambique. Uh, and then, in the weeks that followed, uh, we were reminded that we have this, just again, just reminded of this fact that we have this special calling as as the people of God to care for God's creation, to care for one another. That uh, climate change is disproportionately affecting the poor and the marginalized around the world. And that therefore, if we care about injustice, if we care about doing justice, we will care about climate change. And that far from all of creation being burned in some kind of apocalyptic furnace, which is sort of how the Victorians historically, theologically interpreted things, Um, God's clear plan from the scriptures is is, is the restoration of this earth. The restoration, the renewal of this earth, which we have been called to partake in right now. We are at this moment to be, as God's image bearers, contributing to the renewal and the restoration of the earth now. It's not some distant pie-in-the-sky way-off thing. It's it's to be happening now. It's our mandate. It's our calling now. And so whether we feel, as some of the speakers described, um, the the, the regular sort of responses to climate change, whether we feel apathetic or overwhelmed or anxious about the whole subject, uh, we do have to find ways as a community uh, of, of believers, as individuals, to grapple with this subject as we work out the invitation from the Spirit of God to the part that each one of us has been called to play. And so, uh, following that, if you haven't heard any of those talks, can I encourage you to podcast them or download them or whatever the technical phrase for those things is. Because um, what happened then is, following that, we had a couple of weeks uh, of very uh, practical steps from uh, Howard and from Rachel, practical steps that we can all be taking um, to uh, to do things, s- significant things, and small things, but doable things that each one of us could be doing. Things like just tracking our own carbon footprint. You know, after Howard's talk, have we, have we all downloaded the app or have we all looked on the website and, and, and done a little personal audit of our own carbon footprint just to get a sense of where, where we're up to? If we haven't done that yet, can I encourage you uh, to do that, to ask ourselves, um, A difficult question, I think, Howard posed, but a really, really, really challenging one, but a really good one, which is, um, does my life revolve around my own personal convenience and pleasure uh, rather than that of the planet? You know, the choices that I make in the way that I live my life, are they fundamentally selfish? Is it all about me? Or actually, are my choices and the decisions that I make about a whole raft of things? other focused, and in this case, the other being the planet. Uh, Ultimately, as the series uh, came to an end, uh, Ruth uh, rounded uh, it all up for us. um, We concluded that climate change is very much a justice issue and that as both followers of Jesus and just as citizens, as human beings, we all have a part to play and that we all can and uh, do need to be playing our part. So what are we as a church family trying to do? It's all uh, well and good uh, saying, uh, be doers and not just hearers of the word, but that applies to us collectively and corporately as well. So how are we here at Southwest London Vineyard trying to respond to this challenge and trying to act differently? Well... The first thing just wanted to update you is, is that we're working with uh, Russia. Uh, they're a, a global Christian uh, conservation organization that you may have uh, come across with. They've uh, come across. They've developed an initiative uh, with churches called Eco Church, And Ecochurch is effectively uh, an award scheme uh, for churches across England and Wales who want to demonstrate that the gospel is also good news for God's Earth. And so, uh, what they do is they help resource and equip churches like as uh, to reflect on how we express our care and concern for the world in which we live, and that's through a whole range of different areas and arenas. And it will be things like um, through things like our worship and our teaching. You know, is our care for creation reflected in our worship and our teaching? Um, is it? Is it? Is it? Does it follow through into any buildings that we either own or rent you know how are we caring for our premises Um, how are we engaging things like how are we engaging with our local community Uh, what about the personal lifestyle of the congregation it's those sorts of arenas uh, that they uh, dig into and ask a whole bunch of questions about and as part of this what they do is they award churches it's a bit like the Beijing Olympics They, they award churches with a with a, with a medal, with a, an award. It's a bronze, silver, or gold award, which is sort of reflective of whereabouts on the journey you are at. And uh, so uh, what they do is they work with us um, and ask us a whole load of questions in and around the categories I've just mentioned. And we're delighted to announce that at the end of last year, we were awarded a bronze award, which is great. Which is a really great start. We are. I, I don't know whether to boast about this or just be sad about this, but we are um, one of two vineyards in the country who have an award. Um, we need to be praying that the vineyard wakes up, and now that we've led the charge, they will all follow, um, follow suit. And, and our next, because it's a competition, basically. <laughs> right, <laughs> sorry, um, silver. Okay. We, we want to be like the, the church that gets to silver quicker than anybody. I don't know. Like, I, um, anyway, <laughs> that's a joke. It's not really a joke, but you know what I mean. Um, to help us get there, so we want to get, we, we've got bronze under our belt. That's great, but it's only the beginning. We want to get towards silver and work towards silver. In order to get there, we need your help and your input. And so what we're looking for, we're looking for people, and it could be any one of you, um, any number of you who might be interested in joining a group of others from this church to help us think through, practically speaking, how we action and how we implement some of these uh, things. You don't need to be an expert on climate control, uh, climate change or anything like that. You just need to be someone who's part of this church, loves being part of this church, and is keen to see us express our faith as a community of believers in the most environmentally friendly ways possible. So if you're interested in finding out more, we're not asking ask you to sign your life away, OK? So this isn't going to be like a you know 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the next seven months of your life thing, right? Um, just come and grab me, OK, afterwards. Uh, or if you're listening to the podcast, uh, drop us um, an email. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and we're keen to really be doing all that we can and, and doing what we can as well as we can so that we're all playing and it may just be a small part for us uh, here in this church, but we're all playing our part in reducing our carbon footprint whilst at the same time extending the kingdom of God. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is we've been working with the trustees and some uh, people in this church who are specialists in the field, and Steph has been absolutely fantastic in, in helping us uh, think this through to get some kind of environmental policy framework up and running. Uh, and this is, uh, this is very much a work in progress, not because Steph's work is a work in progress. Steph's work is never a work in progress. It's very thorough and very complete. It's just that our actual levels of engagement with Steph's work are a work in progress, just to be clear. Um, but it is a work in progress in as much as this document, this policy framework is something that we're working towards uh, rather than necessarily where we're at. Uh, But it really is a starting place whereby we can begin to document and articulate the importance of these environmental issues to us as a church. Outlines the part that we can play in safeguarding God's creation and where possible rolling back the damage that humanity has done uh, to the earth and the impact of climate change on it. And so this policy would include things like um, the ecological sphere, the social sphere, Uh, Things like quality of life, um, climate and and trade justice, along with the economic sphere about uh, management of resources and finances. How are we using and spending our money and saving our money and investing our money if we are in the privileged position of being uh, in that situation? Uh, And the main reason for it, as I say, is to articulate our commitment as a church to work towards um, the safeguarding and the integrity of creation and sustaining and renewing um, the life of the earth. Uh, And there are a whole number of ways that outline how we might work towards this. It's statements like, we will strive to reduce and minimize our carbon footprint as a church. Uh, Another one will be, we will provide constructive support in understanding the challenges of reducing our carbon footprint, particularly for people with low income and people who are vulnerable in the wider Southwest London vineyard um, community. Things like, we will be an authentic, positive role model for our community, including our youth and people we support, by minimizing our footprint, both from activities we organize and, where possible, from rented South West Avenue premises, and and so on and so on. And what it does is it then goes down, it drills down into detail, sort of around specific areas, including some of those things from um, eco-church, like worship and teaching. So are we regularly focusing on caring for God's earth uh, through spaces like this, teaching on Sundays, or our worship and across Vineyard Kids and across youth and through small groups. Um, In our buildings, are we working with our landlords? We don't own really any buildings, but are we working possibly with the school and with our office landlords to uh, help them think about ways in which they can reduce their carbon footprint. Um, you know, th- through things like, I don't know, building insulation just to chuck it out there, for example. You know, like this space, right, um, would be lovely, would it not, if all of the heat weren't just going off somewhere into the ozone. Um, so, uh, can we possibly help the school think through what that might look like and benefit from it in the process? Um, I, I don't know. Like, uh, we, are we replacing? Are we, are we thinking about our high energy consumption equipment with something that's more appropriate? Um, do we have uh, eco-friendly practices and policies across the board? Um, it would include things like uh, catering and cleaning and, and, and purchasing. So. Where possible, we're minimizing. we haven't got there yet. don't bring communion gate up, right? But we're minimizing the, the use of plastic um, and, and waste. We're working towards using produce that's locally grown, fair trade, organic. Um, we're working towards ensuring that when we're buying stuff, that you know, that any of our equipment or our supplies, our clothing you know, wherever possible is, again, and I mean this from a church perspective, but also from us as individuals, but you know, like stuff like um, our vineyard Kids T-shirts and all that kind of stuff, you know, they're all um, ethically sourced. They're, 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 we've got those from a good kind of place. Um, and so are we following that through? Um, Again, where possible, are things organic and fair trade and, and ethically sourced? And, and that will filter through into a whole raft of different areas. It's a, it's a big project. Uh, it will include um, office administration, it will include travel and transport, it will include lifestyle, community and global engagement, all those things. And so it's very new, and as I said, it's very much a work in progress, and we've got a long way to go, but there, and there's lots of room for improvement. But it's a start. We just kind of want to be accountable to you all and say that this is something we're taking seriously. We're not just expecting all of you to change your lifestyle. We're looking at how do we do that together and corporately um, as a church body and a church family. Uh, and this week we'll be sending uh, that environmental policy out to all small group leaders um, so they can read it at their pleasure and leisure. And perhaps over the coming weeks, um, it, it may even be something that you use as part of your Lent uh, reflections over the coming weeks as you start to look at it and think, well, how does this apply to us? But also, how does this apply to me? Are there things that I can um, glean from this? And again, um, if when you see that policy, that's something that's a real interest, an area of interest, you come and talk to us. We'd love for you to um, come and help us out with that. And then lastly, again, as part of our commitment to reducing our carbon footprint as a church, uh, we want to invite you to take part in what we hope will become an annual lifestyle audit Uh, and again this is very much a work in progress but it's an attempt for us all to keep uh, some of these key issues in front of us as we reflect upon our own personal choices and so this week we'll be sending out um, it's a pretty simple pretty straightforward questionnaire uh, to everyone in the church to complete it's completely anonymous okay so we're not going to be um, ranking people according to their, uh, their carbon footprint um, in any way, shape, or form. It's really just a reflective tool, but it's also something that might help us as a church get a sense of where we're at, and then potentially we can use it as a benchmark to see if our attitudes and our practices and behaviors have changed in six months' time or 12 months' time, and see if we're moving um, in a direction and so uh, it's, it's framed really for you to reflect on your experiences of the past 12 months and it covers things like you know uh, I consider an ethical lifestyle part of living out my Christian faith sort of yes or no it's like I try to reduce my car use wherever possible um, I have completed a personal carbon footprint audit um, in the last year and we might we, we might ask you to just, if you feel comfortable, to put down what your carbon footprint estimation is. Because it would be helpful, again, not to shame you or name you because we won't know who you are, but it would be helpful, you know, if all of us have got a kind of rough carbon footprint of 12 tonnes or something like that, you know, which I think is the average, Howard, was it the average in the UK, about 12 tonnes. Um, It might be interesting to find out next year whether our average carbon footprint is 10 tons or 9 tons or 17 tons like it would be helpful to see the trajectory that we're heading in so we might ask you if you're comfortable to do that Um, things like I seek to purchase fair trade goods where possible I, I consider where I put my money by using ethical banking, saving accounts and investments, and all those sorts of things. Um, It's completely anonymous. It's not in any way intended, as I said, to shame or to make any of us feel bad. Uh, That's uh, not what this is about. It's just a tool, and hopefully it will be a helpful resource to get us thinking about ways in which um, most likely we can all be doing more of the things that most of us would love to be doing if only we knew how, Um, and perhaps, if we can do it for uh, perhaps the next few years, along with our uh, silver and gold and platinum that they're going to have to invent for us, especially uh, awards from Eco Church, it will provide a bit of a snapshot as to, as to how, how we're getting on. Let's just end um, back in the book of James. It um, says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is just like someone who looks at their face in the mirror and after looking at themselves goes away and immediately forgets what they look like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard but doing it. They will be blessed in all that they do. This is one of those key areas uh, where as a church we want to be both hearers and doers of the Word as we seek to extend God's kingdom everywhere and in every way. We want to be a people who are caring for and stewarding the creation that God has entrusted into our hands as part of our biblical, God given mandate to rule. Uh, This is happening on our watch. There is no getting away from that fact. And both the past, and the future will hold us accountable both for our actions and for our lack of them. But also as we seek to do justice, we're, we're always thinking of the other first. We're always thinking first and foremost of our neighbor. And that's both our literal neighbor and our neighbors in Mozambique and Bangladesh and sub-Saharan Africa and, 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 our neighbors' lives are not only being disrupted, they are being ended by the lack of care being shown by the rest of the world. At times, you know, the sheer scale of the climate change challenge can make us feel a whole raft of things, you know. It can make us feel apathetic, just in as much as we just throw our hands up in despair and just say, oh, "I don't even, I don't even uh, know what to do. I, I've kind of given up. I'm so confused. Um, moving on." Um, it can, connected with that, make us feel overwhelmed. Um, we're just like, "I don't even know where to start." This feels like it's just so massive. Like anything I do is going to be so, like, like a drop in the ocean. Um, it can paralyze us into inactivity because we become very anxious, we become afraid for ourselves, we become afraid for those yet to come. But hopefully some of these things that we're trying to put in place and and more, and others that some I think other things that some of you will come up with, will help equip us um, and resource us as a church family and as individuals so that we continue really to do all the amazing things that so many of you are already doing so that we can learn from one another. That's how relationships work. Um, And that we can then all be stepping into doing things that are reflective and indicative of both the heart of God but also um, the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? Very good, thank you for your patience. Can we have the band back?